0: All right, Baldry's Beat puts the fun into my Friday for sure. Hope it does the same for you, Keith Baldry, Global News Legislative Bureau's chief here for the next 30 minutes. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday, Jody.
0: All right, let's dive right in. We'll start with the port. Let's start with the port oh, strike yeah. because each day this week we cover I think today's the day we go to 5000000000 billion, don't we? Isn't this the day that we hit that number? Bridget Hi. Anderson, the CEO of the GVBOD, yeah. the Greater Vancouver uh, Board, is uh, putting the call out to the federal government have a listen we're calling on the federal government to intervene immediately to bring an end to this dispute like many business associations we are really concerned about the impact not only on our economy right across canada but also the impact on our international reputation as a stable trading partner right we were talking about that yesterday the international reputation is a big piece of this what are your thoughts here keith well, I think
1: we're likely to see federal government intervention. Keep in mind, though, there's been a couple, and I was reminded of this by a senior uh, solicitor in here yesterday, there's been a couple of recent, or relatively recent, Supreme Court of Canada uh, judgments that threw cold water on the notion of quick intervention by federal government on a collective um, bargaining situation, because they reaffirmed there is a right to collective bargaining. And you yeah. can't just end that right to collective bargaining very quickly. So it hasn't defined how fast or how long it would take for your federal government to step in. But I think the government's mindful of that. They just can't walk into this on day six and necessarily end it. It may have to play out a little longer before... The government treads, goes in here, uh, wary of the, where the Supreme Court stands on, on an issue like this. But, again, the two sides are so far apart. Yesterday the union put out a news release, very upset that we, I, and as Joe Hall, Brent Jang, the old mail reporter there, were leaked information of what their wage uh, proposals were, which was mm-hmm. you know, considerably more than anyone else is getting in private or public sector. And they point out that uh, it. It lacked context in terms of what the, the reporting was. So they point out that it takes a number of years of working part-time to get to a full-time position and getting that type of pay. That one hundred thirty six $136,000 a year is the median pay, but there's a heck of a lot of people, they point out, earn far less than that because they are not given full-time uh, work. It, it takes a long time to get to that full-time status. And they say that uh, just simply, uh, and that's the employer's number, $136,000 a year, which they say is the median pay. So there's a lot of people get paid more than that, but there's a heck of a lot of people get paid far less than that. And that was the point the union was trying to make. But again, both sides are sort of dueling through news releases right now and not at the contract, mm-hmm. not at the negotiating table and one has to wonder if the government may come in and not necessarily impose a settlement, but we've seen this before in other disputes, impose a cooling off period, ordering everyone back to work, sending it out to either arbitration or enhanced mediation, but meanwhile getting the docks open again while the dispute drags on rather than be behind a picket line and tie up $800 million worth of goods each and every day.
0: I got a lot of mail on this yesterday after we were chatting about it, um, and there are people that are saying, you know, I'm one one listener, and everybody who sent me a note said, please don't use my name on the air. This this is such a hot button issue that I I don't often get that when somebody emails me, they they're like, yeah, sure, read it. Um, but this one, I said, can I can I say this on the air if you if I don't say who you are? And that person said yes. As it turns out, I'm dating a longshoreman and he has been telling me that a lot of the coverage is untrue or unfair, such as the $81,000 pension buyout on retirement. Very few people get that. It's hard to qualify for. And then another email said, emailer said, same thing, please don't use my name, that if you take any type of leave, even maternity leave, you don't qualify for that. Like it's a very small slice of, so when we get these numbers, we have to you know, take them in a, a context that we couldn't possibly be aware of all the moving parts because we're not at the bargaining table. The other thing that I got was, please make note of the fact that every time the employer is referenced in what is at the bargaining table, it's put in context of an offer. And when the employee's uh, information is, is referenced on the table, it's called a demand. I
1: don't use that language. I use proposals. No, you don't. Um but yes. that is true that's a valid point it, it's a, it's sort of a shorthand in media uh, union demands versus management offer and i don't think that's a that's to me that's an inaccurate use of language which is why i use both both sides are are making proposals um yeah and not
0: demand indeed that's an important okay so uh- if you want to chime in, our phones lit up with you yesterday on this subject. So let's get people calling in 604-280-9898. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. If you want to chime in on the subject of the port strike, now's your time to call in and, and line up on our phone boards while we pivot to another big story today. The story that seems to not ever go away. The Surrey policing drama, the soap opera that continues to unfold. Brenda Locke now the mayor of Surrey, Uh, putting out a video with yet another bar being tossed toward Mike Farnworth's office, Minister Mike Farnworth, the public safety minister. Here is Brenda Locke's latest, a little piece of the the video that that Mayor Locke put out. Have a listen. We're moving ahead because we must. We've waited already a long time. The city has made a decision and we're going to move forward with,
1: uh, with our plan and we don't uh, have time to wait. We're seven months into
0: this now and we've made our decision and, and that's that's why we're doing this. Only seven months. It feels like 15 years. Yeah, Pizza. exactly. How, how long can this go on for? When will a final... Is a final decision imminent here? I think it will come
1: next week. Um, I've been checking on this consistently, and I get the impression it's going to be next week. Um,
0: not sure which way it's
1: going to go, whether the NEP government will go with the RCMP, revert back to the RCMP, or go forward a different route with the SPS. Uh, you can make an argument either way. Um, the tea leaves seem to suggest either option is still possible. Um, I talk to Mike Farnworth all the time about this. I don't get a sense from him which way they're going on this thing. Um, right. You know, One day it seems like, it, well, we'll go back to the RCMP. Next day it seems, oh, no, we're going to what, SPS. So, again, uh, the, the decision looms on the horizon, but I think next week we're going to get a decision one way or another.
0: The definitive answer from the Solicitor General. I minister. expect
1: that the public safety minister and social general Mike Farnworth to come uh, next week. I'd be surprised if it goes beyond that. I think they want to get this over with. Obviously, not have this dragging you know deep into the summer. Um, yeah, the timing is of the essence, and I think it's going to come sooner than later.
0: But which way it's going to go? I don't on, know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Really? I mean, okay. So the do you think? But one more thing on that though. With with Brenda Locke be, playing such hardball with the province. Farnworth seems to be like such a cool customer when it comes to like playing the cards close to his chest and just, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to let this be sorted out in a way that, you know, everybody can come to the table and do what's right for the people of Surrey and and, and public safety overall. Does it, does it, it seems so public and so personal.
1: Well, there's no relationship uh, anymore between Brenda Locke and the provincial government. I mean, both sides have basically turned their backs on each other. There's no communication there. Um, the Brenda Locke is publicly castigated, Mike Farnworth and the government. And I can tell you, talking to members of the NDP caucus, they just want nothing to do with Brenda Locke. They think she's a bit of a loose cannon, and um, you know, they'll deal with Ken Sim uh, quite readily, and all the other mayors. In Metro, but there's a complete breakdown between Brenda Locke, the mayor of the second largest city, and the provincial government, which is not good news for Surrey, you know, and for the provincial government. You need to have a strong working relationship. There's a great working relationship between Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim and the NDP government. I mean, Ken Sim and David Eby appear on the stage together, lauding each other's um, what they bring to the table. That's not happening with Brenda Locke. I'm not sure that relationship can ever be repaired. After she, you know, basically got into a very personal attack on on Farnworth. but perhaps it will. But it's in both sides' interest to repair that relationship. But right now, it's a complete breakdown.
0: Keith, yesterday we had a conversation with the uh, uh, BC Seniors Advocate, uh, Isabel McKenzie. Uh, she recently put out a report on care for seniors in, in BC. And you and I have talked about a lot about long-term mm-hmm. care. We both have had loved ones, have loved ones in, in the care system. And the the people who work within uh, long-term care and assisted living are angels who walk amongst us. Let's just put that out there. But it, it is so stressful. Yesterday, after having the BC Seniors Advocate on on the number of emails that I got with personal mm-hmm. stories of people just just absolutely living the nightmare. What can or what could be done here to to help seniors now in well, BC?
1: Isabel McKenzie, who's the exemplary performance, she does a seniors advocate for a number of years, put out a report, uh, I think it was last week, on assisted living. Uh, um this is this is not long-term care. This is assisted living. There's independent living, yeah, assisted, assisted living, and long-term care. Long-term care is all in. You're 100%, 24 hours. Everything's there. Assisted living is you have some independence. And she says, basically, we've run ground. We do not have enough units. Um, we don't have enough workers. We, uh, we're falling short on that. But you can also basically make that argument on other forms of elder care as well. And this is a, a looming crisis because the boomer generation, which is this big bulge of people, are moving into, well, have moved into their senior years and in, with increasing numbers. And so it has profound implications on two things. One is how do we care for increasingly older people Uh, people in their 80s, and also, and this statistic hasn't got a lot of attention, but it was released by the health ministry a couple weeks ago, the number of cancer cases are going to explode because the aging population uh, is going to have a huge spike in cancer just simply because older people in their 80s get cancer far more than people in their 40s. And there's just going to be this big bulge of population that needs long-term care or some sort of assisted living and uh, treatment for cancer. Those are two literally time bombs ticking away out there that are going to drain our resources uh, big time. And Isabel McKenzie has been sounding the alarm on this for some time, on the on the care uh, situation. And I think uh, the position of seniors advocate is going to become even more important in the years ahead because seniors-related issues in terms of care and health care, particularly cancer, are going to be so much more so more numerous than they are now. Yeah. Uh, they're going to just regard, uh, require all sorts of resources that are not there right now.
0: Jody Vance, with you, Baldry's Beat. Time long on calls, short on time. Let's get straight to the phones. Keith, Mike, and Vernon, you're up first. Welcome. Hey, good morning.
1: A um, couple of morning. things. First of all, uh, thank you very much for clearing up how the wages and hiring and the time it takes to get in to the longshoremen. Um, I know a number of people that are there, and they put a lot into getting there, and some of them didn't make it because they just couldn't—they couldn't hang on. Um, the other thing is, uh, regarding the Surrey policing thing, this has now become such a mess that I almost believe that someone above um, Farnsworth, everybody else needs to step in and get this sorted out. Because we are talking about public safety, which is one of the number one things that are supposed to be delivered by government. And right now, it looks like it's failing miserably. Um, you know, it just it looks terrible. And one more thing. Shame, sh- shameless promotion! Huge car show in Vernon this weekend. Ha, mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for that. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> you got to slip it in where you can. Good, good
1: plug there. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Mike. Uh, Vernon's yeah, this, great.
1: Um, yeah. So, Benny says there's no issue or concern with public safety in surrey she made that statement last week that you know that was on the same day there was actually a couple shootings in surrey but nevertheless she says there's no concern with public safety in surrey despite this imbroglio between her her council and the provincial government over who is going to police surrey so um, she maintains it's still a safe uh, community And in terms of longshoremen, yes. It, um, uh, got a couple of calls from, from people saying it does take a long time to get to that full-time status. And you can't turn down shifts as you try to work your way to um, getting more shifts because you you suddenly go down the seniority pole and you don't get more work. Um, you don't get called as often. So it really requires people to play a long waiting game. And working part-time in Metro Vancouver is pretty risky because of the affordability yeah. issue i'm not sure how anybody i know part-time workers i don't know how do you pay your rent and your if not your mortgage payments on a part-time salary so that's another obstacle a lot of long are are facing
0: i'm gonna squeeze in one more caller here cheryl and white rock you've been so patient uh quickly for keith
1: um hi i'm just wondering what brenda Locke is thinking the last i heard her say was uh, she didn't want this to play out in the media and there she is in the media
0: again i mean
1: i think everyone has their mind made up on who they want by now yeah it's an interesting strategy by Brenda Locke. she won't take a lot of reporter's questions these days but she does this video she put out is sort of mystified everybody <laughs> like where does this come from uh does that mean does she does she have inside knowledge of what Farnsworth is about to do uh i don't think she does but um we'll see i again i think the decision's coming next week
0: The decision coming next week on Surrey policing, wouldn't that be a relief for so many people in this province? Let's get it done. It's dominated the airwaves. It's dominated the headlines. It's dominated the hearts and minds of so many hardworking people who put themselves in harm's way each and every day, both the RCMP in Surrey as well as the Surrey Police Services officers. All of them are still trying to just do their jobs. Keith, Mm. as always, appreciate you. Thanks for uh, playing along with me this week. Thank you. All See you again soon.